You're about to listen to another inspiring word from House on the Rock Church, the London Lighthouse. For more information and interaction with House on the Rock, please visit our website on hotr.org.uk. Amen. Hallelujah. Blessed be God. Are you ready for God's word this Sunday morning? We're going to read only one verse of scripture and then from there we will work. Um, Ezekiel chapter 22 and verse 30. Let's open our Bibles to Ezekiel chapter 22 and verse 30. Let's rise up for the reading of God's word in honor of the second person of the Trinity. Ezekiel 22 and verse 30. Thank you, Lord. We give you the glory. Lord, help me. Hmm. Let me read in your hearing. So I sought for a man among them who would make a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land that I should not destroy it, but I found no one. The I in the text is God. God says that he sought for a man to stand in the gap to make up the wall um, for the people that he would not destroy it. The, The context of this verse was that there had been so many atrocities and evils performed in the land that judgment was coming. So God sought, was looking for a man that would stand in the gap, that would repair the breach, that would make up the wall for the people of God. But he found none. God wasn't looking for many men. God was just looking for one man. Somebody say one man. He was looking for one man. A man was the most wanted in that season. I came to tell somebody today that God is still looking for a man. Hallelujah. He's looking for a man to stand in the gap. He's in search for a man today, and I'm on his search party, and you might just be the man that God is looking for. If there's a man, a male man around you, tell that male man you might just be the man that God is looking for. You are most wanted. Most wanted. The simple subject of my preaching, my teaching, my sharing today is most wanted. You are most wanted. Let us pray. Mighty Father, I ask that you send the anointing that makes preaching, teaching, sharing your truth easy. That you cause my tongue to be as the pen of the ready writer. That I might inscribe upon the hearts of the men and women here your living truth. And that by reason of that truth will be elevated to a new level of experience with you. Let there be great light, great illumination great revelation. Thank you, Lord, as you take complete control and you set us free like never before. In Jesus' mighty name, I do pray. And the people said aloud, amen. Amen. And you may be seated in the presence of the Most High God. Hallelujah. Um, By now, most of you know that I'm somewhat of a TV buff, movie buff, TV show buff, but... um, it's all right. I use it to relax. Hallelujah. I don't know how many people here know Raymond Reddington. Does anybody here know Raymond Reddington? Uh, only a few people, so not too many TV buff people. On them. Has anybody watched The Blacklist? Yeah. Uh, yeah, The Blacklist, okay. All right, so if you watch The Blacklist, then you should know who Raymond Reddington is. Raymond was 
on the top of the FBI's most wanted list. FBI wanted to catch him, it's a fictional story. Um, but he stayed out of prison by constantly offering them other people that were on the blacklist, that were also on the most wanted list, okay? You see, the higher you are on the most wanted list, the greater the reward for catching you. Hello? You with me? You see, there's a bounty out for the most wanted persons. The government is willing to pay top dollar or top pound or top sterling for the capture of the most wanted. <laughs> and so this was... Raymond's status, most wanted, and there are people in our today's world, the blacklist might be a fictional TV show, but in real life today, there are people on most wanted lists of the FBI, of the um, CIA, of the Secret Service, of MI5 and MI6, or, of Mossad. Uh, yes, there are people like, like that all over the world today. Um, I came to tell you this Sunday morning that you are also on a most wanted list. Mm. You are on heaven's most wanted list. Uh, uh, now, unlike the agencies that I have just spoken about, whose most wanted list is populated with people who have committed atrocities, you are on heaven's most wanted list, not because of what you did wrong, but because of what you can do that you have not yet done. In other words, you are on heaven's most wanted list because of your potential. Woo, hallelujah. I don't know whether anybody's hearing me what I'm saying. And what I want to let you know is that Heaven has put out a record bounty for your capture, and I intend to collect today. <laughs> Woo, hallelujah. But before I go any further, I need to convince you uh, or let you know once again, you are on heaven's most wanted list. You are heaven's most wanted. Help me tell your neighbor, you are heaven's most wanted. I don't know what you're going through right now. I don't know where you are right now. I don't know what atrocity you've committed ever in your life, but you are still on heaven's most wanted list. Oh, yeah. You see, CIA is looking for people because of the things they did wrong. Well, heaven is not looking for you because of what you did wrong. Heaven is looking for you because of the great potential in you, because of what you can do that you have not yet yet done yet. Stop looking down on yourself. Heaven is not looking at you that way. Heaven sees greatness in you. Heaven sees great potential in you. Heaven sees you going to levels that you have never imagined before and that's why heaven is after you this morning and if you believe me what I'm saying, come and shout yes. Yes, yes, yes. It might not yet appear what you can be, but God sees it and is looking for you for it. He has a great inheritance in you. There is great greatness in you. Somebody shout, I'm heaven's most wanted. Hallelujah. Let's lay this foundation and hopefully build from there. 
Our God is looking for a man. Our text said that he was looking for a man to stand in the gap. Uh, our God, our God, the almighty, the ancient of days, the A and the Z, the beginning and the ending, the omniscient, the omnipotent, the um, omnipresent, the, uh, the, the God who the heavens are his throne and the earth is his footstool, he, the all-seeing God, the God whose arm is not short that he cannot save, neither are his ears deaf of hearing. This same God is looking for a man. Now, why is God looking for a man? I have a little bit of a challenge with the, the thought or the idea that God is looking for a man because when you and I are looking for something, it's for either of two reasons. First reason, because we don't know where it is, so we start to look for it, right? Uh, so you've lost your keys, you don't know where it is, you start to turn the sitting room all upside down, looking for what is missing, because you do not know where it is. The other reason we look for stuff is sometimes we know where it is, but we do not have access to where it is. We do not have permission to be able to go to where it is. These are the two limitations for which more often than not we look for stuff. But these two, two limitations are not limitations that God shares with us because there is nothing that God is looking for that he does not know exactly where it is. It's not lost. He knows where it is. Even when God asked Adam, where are you? Are you? Do not think for one moment that God did not know exactly, exactly where Adam was. Longitude and latitude to the most infinite decimal point. He knew where he was. So it's not that God doesn't know where you are. I don't know where you are now, but God knows exactly where you are. And it's not because God does not have access to you or does not, cannot reach you. Oh, no, no, no. Because there is nowhere he cannot reach. So the question arises again, why then is God looking for a man? I'll tell you why God is looking for a man. He's looking for a man because he requires your willingness. Oh, you don't hear me what I'm saying. Because anything that is not given willingly is, has lost its value. Oh my goodness. There is value loss when it is not given willingly. So God is not looking to force any man. He's looking for the man that will be willing. Are you hearing me what I'm saying? Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 19, he says, if you be willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. I'm not just interested in your obedience. I'm also interested in your willingness. If you're not eating the good of the land, even though you have been obedient, maybe what's absent is that you are not willingly obeying. You are being forced to obey. Can I take a sidestep and let you know that submission that is not given willingly is not really submission, it is subjugation. So husband, man, you don't want subjugation. You want submission. Submission is willingly given. You want to love your wife into submission. Somebody shout yes. 
You don't want to go around demanding it. You must submit to me. I'm the Lord. I'm the master. I'm the leader here. That's not submission. That's subjugation. You want to be that servant leader whose example is so sterling, whose love is so penetrating that she has no choice but to submit. Love her into submission. Is anybody hearing me what I'm saying? Hallelujah. So, so God is looking for a man, not because he doesn't know where the man is, not because he doesn't have access to the man, but because he's looking for the willingness of the man to submit to his call. I'll give you another reason why God is looking for a man. Because in Genesis in chapter 1 verse 26 to 28, we learn that God said, let us make man in our own image and in our own likeness and let them have dominion upon the earth. And then God created he man, male and female created he them, verse 28. And God blessed them and God said unto them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it and have dominion. Now you must understand that when when God created man in his own image and his own likeness, placed him upon the earth, gave him dominion, he therefore delegated authority for the earth to the man. Are you hearing me what I'm saying? He delegated authority for the earth to the man. And by doing that, it meant that for God to be able to do anything on the earth, while the lease of the earth was in the hands of man, God could only do it through man. This is why we pray. Because pray is, is an invitation for God to intervene in our circumstance. God cannot intervene until he receives the invitation because he had already delegated the authority for the earth to man. So God is looking for a man that will be his access point to the earth. Are you hearing me what I'm saying? Do you understand? Is it making sense for you? So to you, so he looks for a man in every age, in every generation, in every land, in every family, he's looking for a man to work with and to work through. It's Father's Day, so I'm going to be very specific about addressing this to the mailman, because the mailman occupies a unique position according to scriptures. He was first created. He's meant to be the leader, so he's key in in this mix. So God is always looking for a man. And he looked for a man and he found a man in Adam. But Adam messed up and lost the script. And so God went on looking. And God found a man in Enoch who walked with him and did so well that God took him for he did not taste death. So God kept on looking for a man. God found a man in Noah. When all the earth was in sin, he found Noah and he took Noah. God always looks for a man in every generation, in every age, in every situation, in every nation. He's looking for a man that will stand in the gap. Oh yes. After Noah, a few generations later, God looked for and found a man in Abraham. Abraham. The scripture tells us why God chose Abraham. Listen to what it says in the book of Genesis chapter 18 and verse 19. He says, for I have known him, Abraham, uh, that in, in order that he would command his children and his
his household after me. I'm choosing Abraham because I know that Abraham will make sure that this legacy of faith is continued from generation to generation. Don't you miss this week's midweek life class because you're going to hear things that are going to set you free. So he found a man in Abraham. He moved on. He found a man in Isaac. He moved on and he found Israel in Jacob. He moved on and he found a man in Joseph. Ah, he found a man even after Joseph because a Pharaoh arose that knew not Joseph. And he found a man in Moses. Listen to Hosea chapter 12 and verse 13. He's talking about Moses. And he says, by a prophet, he's Moses, by a prophet, the Lord brought Israel out of Egypt. And by a prophet, Israel was preserved. You see, God always walks through a man. He wants to deliver a people he finds a man, and he found a man in Moses through which he delivered Israel out of Egypt. Oh, yes. Then he found a man in, in, in Joshua. After Joshua, he found a man exemplified in Samson. He found a man in Samuel, the prophet priest, who anointed the next man that God found. I'm not talking about Saul. I'm talking about David. Oh, yeah. Because Saul was the people's man, while David David was God's man. Ah, yes, in 1 Samuel chapter 3 and verse 13, uh, chapter 13 and verse 14, we learn this description of David that he was a man after God's own heart. If you look closely at Saul and David's life, uh, there's so much powerful contrast there because you start to see that by normal sight, David committed far greater atrocities than Saul ever did. But there was a unique difference. While David was concerned always about how God felt about a thing, Saul was always concerned about how people saw him. So he was not a man after God's heart. He was a man after people's heart. While David was a man after God's heart. And even when he committed terrible atrocities, once he discovered, once he came to that place of brokenness, he would repent. He would break down. And God said, this is my man. So I start to let you know that the man that God chooses is not all about perfection as much as it is about the capacity for repentance. Woo! So God found a man in David and then he found a man in Solomon and then he found a man in Elijah and then he found a man in Elisha. And then he found a man in the prophets, a prophet after prophet. All of these men of God, God's men. And then we finally come to the prophet that was the bridge between the old and the new. I'm talking about none other than John the Baptist. Ah, this was a prophet like none other. Jesus himself testified of John the Baptist that there is none greater in the kingdom than John the Baptist, but you of the new covenant the least of you are greater than he. Oh, Jesus, help me this Sunday morning. All these great men that we read about in the pages of Scripture who preserved the faith, who made sure that the faith kept on going from generation to generation to generation to generation till he finally got to us. All these great men, they did awesome things, but not a one of them was fully qualified to stand in the gap and redeem what had been lost and stop
stop the judgment of death that was deserved. So even though God found all these men and he used all this, these men, God was still looking for a man. And so we read in the book of Isaiah chapter 59 and verse 16, uh, God saw that there was no man. No, not one that was righteous. There was no man. And he wondered that there was no intercessor. Therefore, listen to what the scripture says. His own right uh, his own arm brought salvation for him. His own righteousness, it sustained him. As no man was found worthy to stand in the gap, his own arm brought salvation for him. What does this mean? What is his own arm? I'll tell you what his own arm is. His own arm is the right hand of his righteousness. It's the arm of his might. His own arm is his son his son, his son, his son. So when God could not find any man that would fully meet the mark, uh, he said, who will go for us? Who shall we send? And God decided to send himself. Oh yes, he sent his son. He sent her into a virgin woman's womb, clothed him in human flesh. So immortality put on mortality. Oh my goodness. Divinity put on humanity. Hey, are you hearing me what I'm saying? And he was born. This was the one that would be worthy to open the seals and stand between us and our deserved judgment for sin. This was the man. Is there anybody ready to praise the man I'm talking about this Sunday morning? Ah, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. This is the man. Oh yeah, a man like no other, a unique man, a powerful man, an outstanding man, the son of man, yet the son of God. Hallelujah. Jesus is the man. Somebody go ahead and give him the praise this Sunday morning. Jesus is the man. He was so much the man that the disciples at a particular point in time had to exclaim and they said, what manner of man is this that even the winds and the waves obey him? I'm telling you once again, Jesus is the man. Somebody go ahead and give him the praise. The New Testament describes him uniquely. He calls him the last Adam. The last Adam. Not the second Adam. The last Adam. You must understand what Adam means because we have the first Adam. Adam means the first. It means the progenitor. It means the source. It means the prototype. So everybody that came out of the first Adam would have to be like the first Adam. Ah uh, yes, uh, at some point in time in their lives, uh, they would display proclivities uh, that are from the ancestry of the first Adam. Uh, so when Jesus came on the scene, oh Jesus, help me, he was not uh, of the first Adam uh, because no human man uh, was involved in his conception. Uh, therefore, he qualified to be the last Adam. It was important that he was the last and not the second uh, because he was trying to let us know that there would be no no Adam after him. 
that this was the last one. But like the first Adam, he was progenitor, he was prototype. Meaning, therefore, that anybody that comes out of this last Adam will be like this last Adam. You will carry the same DNA as this last Adam. No wonder he said that if a man shall be saved, he must be born again. Not after the type of the first Adam who fell in sin, but after the type of the last Adam. For through one man's disobedience, the whole world was sold into iniquity. But by one man's obedience, the obedience of death upon the cross, all men can be saved. Is there anybody grateful for the man Jesus, the last Adam, this Sunday morning? Give him the praise. Hallelujah. This our man, this last Adam, he's a man with many names. And we read of some of his names in the book of Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6, where it says, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Father, the Prince of Peace. Mm, let me reverse. He said, everlasting what? Everlasting what? Everlasting Father. Oh my goodness. I thought he was a son and now he's a father. Oh, what manner of man is this that is both a son and a father? Can I take a sidestep and tell you that if you are ever going to be a good son, you are going to have a good father, you have to learn how to be a good son. <laughs> but Jesus was both at the very same time. He's the son of God, but he's father to us all. He is the father of the fatherless. He is the prototypical father for, the, for whom we must all seek to emulate. Is anybody hear me what I'm saying? Ah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So he's our everlasting father. And he is the father that we're meant to seek to emulate, that we're meant to seek to follow. He's, he's the man that came to make other men. He came to make other men. In Matthew chapter uh, 14, or no, Matthew chapter 4 and verse 19, uh, when he was calling his disciples, he said what? He said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. In other words, he came to make men. Uh, he, he's the man that is still in the business of making men. And I'm not ashamed uh, to announce that I'm not a self-made man. I'm not made by my know-how pedigree or background. I'm a God-made man. He's still in the business of making men. He came this Sunday morning to make you the man that he wants you to be. Hallelujah. Do I have any God-made man under the sound of my voice? If you are a God-made man, can you rise up to your feet and let the heavens know and the earth hear that you're not standing by your own grace or by your own might, but it's simply by the grace of God. Go ahead and give God the praise. Woo! 
God is making me. God made you. God make me. Hallelujah. You may be seated. We're just talking. Uh, yes, 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 yes. Uh, though God found the ultimate man to stand in the gap for all of mankind, he's still looking for men to stand and be counted today like Jesus was. After the like of Jesus, firstborn, <laughs> yes, men are, are, are still the most wanted, They're still the most wanted, even today. They're still the most wanted. We're looking for good men today. I'm in church uh, this Sunday morning. Philip, please come and help me. Uh, I'm in church looking for good men today. Good men. Men that will stand in the gap. Men that will stand where they're meant to stand. Can I let you know that it's not just God that is looking for good men today. The book of Romans in chapter 8 and verse 19 says, for the endless expectation of the creation eagerly is awaiting the revealing or the manifestation of the sons of God. So all of creation is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. A few good men. Are you amidst the few good men? Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Even the feminist women movement, the feminist movement, with all of their vilifying of the male man, can I tell you the truth? That at the heart of their, their rallying and their screaming is still that desire for the most wanted. It's still that desire for a few good men. In fact, can I tell you the truth? That the movement was birthed out of uh, a few good men not occupying the position that they are meant to occupy and doing the exact opposite of what, de what designed them to do and therefore they felt a need. Let's jettison this man. We can do it all by ourselves. Well, that devil is a liar. We all know that we need men. The mailman plays such a key role in the world today. The whole world desires for the mailman to stand up and take his rightful position as not a lord, but as a servant leader. Hallelujah. Can we be honest? Can we be real in church today? Uh, how many people want uh, a few good men to stand up and take their position? Wave at me. Shout yes. Hallelujah. I want men to occupy the position they are meant to occupy because we're all blessed for it. Uh, are there any single ladies under the sound of my voice that know, if they're to be honest, that they want a few good men to stand up and represent? Present. Why are prayer meetings populated only with women in the majority? Why are single meetings populated only with women in their majority? Uh, we are all looking for the most wanted good men. Somebody shout yes. Even men are looking for good men. We're looking for good men to take the lead in our organizations, in society, and in the world, in our nation. Uh, most wanted are good men, good fathers. Good fathers who are secure in themselves, who are constantly delivering themselves from insecurities. Eesh that causes them to feel a need to put down others in order to feel good about themselves. That devil is a liar. Looking for a few good 
men, good fathers. But can I go a little bit further and let you know that it's not just men that are looking for men. It's not just women that are looking for men. It's not just a society that are looking for men. Can I tell you something that's a little bit shocking? We read in the book of Luke and chapter 22 and verse 31, Jesus says, and the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has desired you. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Satan wants you. So it's not just men and women and society and nations that want the men. Even Satan woo, wants the men. Oh my goodness. Satan is after the men. They're the most wanted because Satan understands that often men are kingpins and leading dominoes. So as goes the man, goes the society. If I can knock down the leading domino, all the other dominoes will follow suit. If I can capture the kingpin, then everything in his domain will go with him. So that's why Satan is fighting so hard against the male man even today. Satan desires men not for good, but for bad. He wants to take you out. He stacks the tables against you in order to take you out. You are the most wanted. Ah, yes. Uh, why is the male man the most wanted? Why is the male man so sought after? Quite a few reasons I could give for this, but time forbids me to exhaust every single of those reasons. But I'll tell you a few. The mailman, you are the carrier of seed. You are the carrier of seed. And as the man goes, so goes the society. As the carrier of seed, the potential for fatherhood is already inherent within you. You might not be a father yet, but you carry fatherhood on the inside of you. And Satan is fighting you not because of who you are now. He's fighting you because of the seed you carry, because of the potential that you carry, because of what you could do. Oh, Jesus, help me. Ah, you are called to fatherhood. Uh, the father is not just the source. He's also meant to be the sustainer of what he sources. Oh, Jesus. Uh, the word father in the Bible actually means source and sustainer. Uh, there are many people sowing seeds randomly without taking responsibility for what they have sown. These are not true fathers, for they are only the source. They have not taken the responsibility to be the sustainer. Fatherhood is about responsibility. True fathers take responsibility for their seed. Oh yes, identity comes uh, from the father. Oh yes, oh, oh my goodness. Uh, what you, you say, brother, what you say, father, carries so much more weight than you are aware. I thank God for praying mothers. I thank God for praying, God for praying wives. You make a difference. Your prayers mold us, they shape us, they help us. But there is something, there is something unique. There is something powerful about a praying man. There's 
is something powerful about the praying man, particularly in the context of the family. Woman, keep on praying, but add to your prayer request, Lord, make my husband a praying man. Why? Because in the context of the marriage relationship as delineated by the Bible, the male man is the head and the lead, and therefore his one word carries so much weight as opposed to possibly your 20 words. Oh, I'm sorry, I know I'm messing up a lot of people's theologies this Sunday morning, and I know I'm going to get some mail that I don't particularly like after service, but I still got to tell you the truth. When the person that is in a position of authority stands in the place of prayer and makes some declarations, simply because of the office that he occupies, it carries much more weight. There are things that you and I can say and get away with, that when the prime minister says exactly the same thing, uh, he doesn't get away with it, though he's trying to get away with it. Let's go on. Hallelujah. Is anybody hearing me what I'm saying? You've got to realize that when a male man really loves God and learns how to pray in the context of his family unit, he's the authority figure and his prayers make a difference. Your words carry far more weight than you are aware, husband, father. It's louder. You can be whispering, but it sounds like a shout because of the position that you occupy. Oh, Lord Jesus. No wonder God said to Adam, whatsoever you call them, that's what they are going to be, male man. Whatsoever you call that situation, that's what it's going to be. If you say it's going down, it's going down. If you say it's going up, it's going up. What are you calling? What is happening to you? Are you calling it an end or are you calling it a bend? A redirection to greater glory. If you understand what I'm saying, come on show yeah hallelujah hallelujah so much responsibility laid upon the men so much responsibility help me I'm a father okay I understand the high calling to fatherhood but it seems too tall an order for any man to measure up to. Whew. Can I be honest? Can I be real? It's not easy to be a father, to be a husband, to be a leader, to be a servant leader. It's not easy. You know, some people are complaining that, oh, my, 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 um, why should... Uh, the, 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 the women, all this submission issue is a big issue. Let me tell you the bigger issue. The bigger issue is the call for the man to love his wife. How is that a bigger issue? I, I wish that the instruction had been simply husband love your wife and he stopped there. But he went on to delineate this loving. Say, husbands love your wife as Christ did what? Loved the church. Christ gave himself for the church. Christ died for the church. So if he's asking the husband to love his wife like Christ loved the church, he say, husband, be ready to die for your wife. Ouch! Say, you need to live as if you are ready to die for her. That if push comes to shove, and 
And they say, who should die first? You are supposed to stand and say, I will die. For your wife. This was the difference between the first Adam and the last Adam. This was the difference between the first Adam and the last Adam. The first Adam, when he was caught, he said, it is the woman that you gave me. Look, husband man, if you're always saying it's her, it's her there's a problem. The last Adam, what did he do? He stood in the gap. He gave up his life for his bride, something he did not do. He was being crucified for sin that he did not commit. Love your wives as Christ loved the church. Tall order. How do I command my children, particularly in this day and age, to follow the ways of the Lord like Abraham was, was able to command his generations to follow the faith? With this, the battle that's going on right now for the next generations to be without faith, how do I? How do, do I be a true source and sustainer of my seed? Not just the source of my seed, but the sustainer of it. How do I? How do I be a worthy example at home and in society? How do I be a good father uh, when in many circumstances uh, your own biological father was either an absentee father or when he was present, uh, he set all of the wrong examples? Ah, yeah. Uh, how do I do this? I hear you, Pastor. I hear all you've preached and all you've said today about how pivotal the role of the male man is in the marital union and in the home and as a father. But please help me. How can I do this? Well, let me tell you, you can't do it without help. And that's why we have the everlasting father. He's the father of the fatherless and he's our ever-present help in the time of need. So what we are meant to do, men, is we're meant to turn to him and ask for his help. Help me, father. I see the call, but I can't do it by myself. I need your help. Is there anybody like me under the sound of my voice that's humble enough to admit that they need the help of the Almighty. If it's you I'm talking to, come and shout, yeah. It's not about perfection because his strength is made perfect in our weakness. As much as we will continue to strive towards perfection, we realize or we should realize that the most powerful testimony you have as a husband and as a father, is not your perfection, but actually your vulnerability to be able to show where you are not perfect and draw lessons out of it. Your parents, your, your children need to see you, your struggle. They need to see your struggle. They need to see you persevering. They need you to see you struggling, stumble, get up, and, and go again. There, there, there are invaluable lessons that, you see, it, when they only see your strength, they can't handle weakness when they encounter weakness in themselves because they never see you struggle with weakness yourself. Does anybody hear me what I'm saying? They need to see you pray. 
They need to see you calling out for God's help. You know, people don't understand what the family altar is about. The family altar is also an opportunity to display to them that, look, everything we are doing, everything I'm doing, I can't do it by myself. I need the help of God. And he still makes men. Hallelujah. Seek the help of the everlasting heavenly father. I came to announce to the most wanted under the sound of my voice this Sunday morning, there is help. There is help. And the help is right here in the house. Even this morning, Sunday morning and every time we gather, there is help. You can't do it without help. You can't be it without help. You can't go there without help. You can't provide without help. There is help. And what I wanted to pray for you this morning was for you to realize the help of the Lord. Today is about the men. And it is to the benefit of the women that love them. Because if the men in your life are the man that God wants him to be, it's all the much more better for you. Can we pray for the men this Sunday? Can all the male men stand to their feet, please? Some of us are already fathers, some of us are not. Some of us still feel like it's far and it's long. It's out of our reach, it's not yet time. I understand why you feel that way. But Satan doesn't fight you because of where you are now, he fights you because of where he sees that you can be. You are on the most wanted list, not because you've already done something, it's because of what you can do the great potential, the great power that's inside you. So Satan has been working over time to knock you down, to dent your self-image, to cause you to not see yourself in the right light. Meanwhile, you are most wanted by heaven. Most wanted by heaven. Heaven wants you. It wants to establish you. It wants, you to make, it wants to make you the man that he has always wanted you to be. He wants you to make you the type of man that your, your wife will willingly submit to. He wants to make you the type of man that your children will say, that's the type of man I want in my own life when I'm starting my own family. Or that's the type of man that I want to be when I'm starting my own family. He wants to make you the type of man that the whole of society is saying, those are the people we should be like. So I want you to start talking to the Lord right now personally and say, Lord, help, help, help. That's all. You're just asking for his help. Um, women all around them, stretch your hands towards the men around you and pray for them. Even this Father's days, pray for them that Lord bless them, empower them. Help, help, help. Come on, pray. Help, help, help. Lord, let every crooked path be made straight. Let every rough place be made smooth. Oh God, our ever-present help in the time of need, everlasting Father, help us. Lord, I stand as a man even this Sunday morning myself. 
and I admit my need for your help, that I can do nothing without your help, that all that I do, it's by and with your help. So I ask for even more help in the areas where I struggle. Help! 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 Those yokes that have been holding you bound, I decree and declare you are set free of them. Those proclivities that has kept you in a holding circle, in the name of Jesus, they are broken now, in the name of Jesus. I pray that Jehovah Jireh arises even on behalf of the male men that they will be empowered to be true providers for their homes, for their families, for even the church and even society. In the name of Jesus, I raise up a hedge of protection around each and every man. I decree and declare no weapon fashioned or formed against you shall prosper. Every tongue that rises up against you in judgment, I condemn right now in the name of Jesus Rabados thank you Lord thank you Lord thank you Lord great men arise from this house great men that will be light that will be example that will be exemplary great men that will show forth the glory of God great men with discernment wisdom and understanding ah Lord let it be let it be raise us up Raise us up, raise us up, raise us up to occupy our position in, in society, in our homes, in our places of work, wherever we are placed, oh God. Raise us up to fully occupy the way you would have us occupy. Thank you, Lord. We give you the glory. We give you the praise. Thank you, Lord. Lord, do more than afraid. Do more than we've cried out for all of the men under the sound of my voice in the mighty name of Jesus. They will never be the same again. They will never be the same again. And I pray that those that look to you, whether it be children, whether it be wives, whether it be colleagues, I also pray for them that their perspective of you that had been negative prior to now is now going to turn around by the mighty hand of God. And they're going to see you in a totally new light. In the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Let's go ahead and give God the glory. Let's give him the praise. Give him the praise. In Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. You may be seated, my brothers. Hallelujah. We're in this together. We stand together. And we will win together. In Jesus' mighty name. I need to give the opportunity to somebody under the sound of my voice to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. So let's all bow our heads and close our eyes for a few more moments. If you are out there and you haven't accepted Jesus Christ yet as your Lord and Savior, this is your moment. This is your opportunity. Please respond to this call. Do not harden your heart in the day of salvation. So if you are ready to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, please repeat these words of prayer after me. Lord Jesus, today, I repent of my sin and I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. I believe with my heart, I confess with my mouth, and therefore, by faith, I am born again. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. If you pray that prayer, you are indeed saved. You are delivered. You are a new creation. We want to help you grow in the Lord. 
from being a child of God to becoming a mature son of God. So if you're online, please direct message us on any of our social media platforms or go to our website, follow the pathway that is there. And let's help you to grow in the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. We hope you've enjoyed this uplifting sermon from House on the Rock Church, the London Lighthouse. We hope you've been informed and inspired. Join us for services every Wednesday and Sunday. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook at HOTR London. Also, live stream our services on YouTube at HOTR London. For more information, visit our website on hotr.org.uk.